I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. This story, To the End of the Earth, is about the day I reach Finisterre, and it might give you some insight into me. Feel free to laugh. And also it might encourage you in the significant moments in your own life when you, in your own way, are successful in reaching the end of the earth. Enjoy. This was a day I had imagined since the seed of walking the Camino de Santiago took root in my soul. The day that I would walk to the very end of the path. The day when the trail meets the water. The day when you can't go any further in that direction because you have literally come to the end of the land, or more dramatically, to the end of the earth. The day of reaching Finisterre. In the beginning of this day, it was much like any other. Big yawns and stretching in bed, choosing which of my two outfits I would wear that day, putting on my boots, Martha and Mary, coffee and breakfast, brushing of the teeth because clean teeth equals clear thinking for me, shoulder the pack and off I go, walking alone, yet never truly alone. Having learned the power of the pause, I came upon a sweet restaurant on a little beach and decided to stop and savor the seascape with a cup of coffee. I sat on the beach for a while and determined that this was where I would practice a long-standing Camino tradition. At the end of one's pilgrimage, a swim in the Atlantic signified a baptism of sorts, a new self born by means of walking a pilgrimage. This is an important moment. There were two older men taking a walk on the beach, which seemed in itself like a long-standing tradition of their particular friendship. I realized quickly that they did not speak a bit of English, but with body language asked if they could use my phone and video me as I jumped in the water. They jovially agreed with many happy Spanish words I did not understand. I figured that my underwear and bra would suffice as a bathing suit, especially considering I was on a European beach. So I stripped down and headed for the water. Being submerged in any water is an otherworldly experience. Being a pilgrim who has walked to get there for 500 miles, now being submerged in water, that is a sign of the emergence of a new self, is where this earth and heaven meet. It was sweet submersion considering that, and also a short submersion considering the water was cold. I came up beaming, feeling deeply refreshed. I was sure that the reason the two men were beaming was because they had just played a part in a pilgrim's spiritual transformation. I later realized that being warmly embraced by a woman with scant clothing on was a factor. All good. They had given me the gift of a record of this moment. Yet they had not actually videoed, only taken a still shot of my backside approaching the water. They were happy as peaches to try a couple more times, both with the same outcome. But in the end, we made each other's days. 
they went away with a humorous story about this crazy American woman who kept jumping in the freezing water, and me, because a few minutes later, as I was lacing up my boot, Martha, they came back and participated in yet another long-standing and significant tradition of this pilgrimage. Beaming yet again, they presented me with a shell they had found that morning on their walk. On the Camino de Santiago, the shell was the symbol of James. Modern pilgrims tend to bring a shell with them and carry it for the duration of their Camino. I was fairly sure that the original practice was to pick a shell at the end of your journey as a symbol of completion. That was my plan, to wait and pick a shell with a new eyes and heart that God had developed in me exactly by means of walking the Camino. But clearly, this was how my shell was to come to me, not by myself and my effort, but by the hands of others. Profound. This gift from heaven delivered by the hands of some, some salty elders. These were the moments on the Camino where I not only was convinced that there was a God, but that he loved me down to the tiniest detail. I set off again, refreshed in so many ways. Hanging off my pack now was nothing less than the most significant relic of this pilgrimage, a hand-picked shell. And what made it even more sacred was that although it had been hand-picked for me, it was not hand-picked by me. A pack of three guys jogged past me with a little whoop-whoop on their way. They shouted, to Finisterre, and I called back, to the end of the earth. I noticed one of the concrete columns that link, that lines the Camino and marks the kilometers left. The Camino, the French way, counted down from 778 kilometers, starting at St. Jean Port, with completion at zero kilometers at the cathedral in Santiago de Compostela. From there, a new countdown had commenced for the Camino Finisterre, and this particular marker said 10. 10 kilometers to go till the end of the earth. It still takes my breath away. I took my phone out to take a picture and noticed the time. With the six-hour delay in time from here to my hometown, I realized that my youngest daughter and husband would be in class together for a little over an hour as he was currently her pre-cal teacher. Maybe, just maybe, if I hoofed it, I could reach the end during the last few minutes of class and share the moment while they were together, and off I went. I began to picture the scene vividly and realized that the entire class might end up cheering and high-fiving for me, and off I went a little faster. But why stop there? Why not make it an even more dramatic finish and involve all of my kids and anyone my kids might be with at the moment? And I walked a little faster. I devised a plan to build the suspense that I thought was no less than genius. With no explanation as to why, I sent the picture of the 10-kilometer marker out to my whole family, and then the 9-kilometer marker, the 8, the 7, etc. I had initiated the countdown to the end of the earth, <laughs> and off I went a little faster because this was going to be a grand finish indeed. Picturing the crowds of people all across the world cheering for me was truly inspirational. I could almost see them gathered around the phones awaiting the next picture, signifying that I was one kilometer closer to my grand finish. I could almost hear them cheer every time a new picture would come in, counting out loud in unison, five, four, three, and I became a powerhouse. 
I was a woman on a mission and I felt extraordinary. I powered through those last six miles along the beach and up the hill to the lighthouse. I spotted a little crowd to the left and knew they were gathered around the final marker showing zero kilometers. I looked at my clock. I only had a couple of minutes before the bell would ring back in that distant, precious pre-cal classroom and the whole world would cheer. And like magic, the crowd parted at my advance and one offered to take a picture of me by the final marker. I sent the picture and basked in the virtual limelight of the fame I had surely secured by my grand finish. Funny thing though, all of the fame I was enjoying was really all just in my imagination. Truth be told, none of the people I thought were out there sharing these moments with me were aware of what was happening. It was hours later when I clearly expressed that I had indeed made it to the end of the earth that anyone was aware. And then, of course, because I am so deeply loved, they cheered. And it was only later while I sat watching a gorgeous sunset on the western beach of Finisterre that Jesus plopped down beside me and whispered in my ear the two words my heart longed to hear. I cheered. I had been feeling kind of silly and a little deluded, remembering the rich scenes I had imagined of those I love most waiting with with bated breath, so proud of me, anticipating this day with me, cheering me on and celebrating this momentous event in my life. There was a deep sadness and maybe even some frustration that my people had been so engaged where they were that they had missed this moment. But with his words, Jesus removed any sting I felt and replaced it with peace. Of course, I thought, Jesus is always near, always here. For all of my longing for human accolade, my deepest desire is that my God would be proud of me, that my God would see my steps, my effort, my hopes, my accomplishments, and he had. Then Jesus whispered in my ear, always have, always will. And many scenes swept before my mind's eye of moments with Jesus all along the Camino over these weeks. I hadn't really stopped to consider how we kept finding each other. Everyone else along the way had kind of come and gone, different paces, different plans, different needs, but quite regularly, Jesus was present wherever I found myself. The news scene swept before me of Jesus with lots of different people in different places along the Camino. He was allowing me a glimpse into his heart. He desired and was able to be wherever he is needed and loved. How wonderful. This one moment in time spread out across the expanse of the earth, and I saw him present with the whole world. And yet, he sat there at the end of the earth, watching the sunset with me. I leaned over and whispered in his ear, You're my best friend. He put his arm around me, and I laid my head on his shoulder, and we watched the sun go down over the ocean, and the whole sky turned pink. Pink. 